What we're saying is that you can't base your decision making on your feelings. Your feelings have nothing to do with anything. What does logic dictate in this situation? Schools right now, they're not about that. They're, they are, they are a, a very socialist agenda because they're here to create, you know, the monkeys at typewriters. They're just looking to make the, be the better monkey at the typewriter and not the free thinker, right? You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Cyberman Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again, and we admonish you to be manly. I'm here with my man, Rob Arpa. What's going on, Arp? Hey, brother. Yeah, it does. It's a good day, man. It's always a good day when it's a Sunday and the sun is shining. This Amen, is the sun's brother. day. This is the sun's day. Amen. <laughs> so today's topic is a powerful one logical thinking versus feeling-based thinking yeah I, it's been lost lost so let's delve into it what do you yeah, mean so, when you draw the contrast between logical thinking and feeling-based thinking yeah so um you know i i watch uh I, I get a lot of thomas soul on uh on my youtube shorts and like this man's discussions to me are like some of the clearest you know, discussions around logical thinking versus feeling-based thinking, right? And he always tackles, you know, diversity in in, uh, in uh, America, and particularly with the with the clip that you know just got me thinking about this is, you know, where he ta starts talking about um, the like the mandatory uh, recruitment diversity standards they have at schools, and and you know he he looks at the data because data when you're looking the whole data set doesn't lie when you start taking little subsect you know bits and pieces of data and you start manipulating it like that then then you you'll get a clear picture um and and the you know the instance he was using is um he's you know he was saying that you have the uh the question was about the the, the black community and why so few uh um uh black students graduate from from universities and colleges and he's like, look, he's like, if you take the national average, he goes, you'll see that above the average, you have the, the whites and the Asians and below you have the blacks and Hispanics. But he goes, when you look at like the University of California, Berkeley, he was saying that uh, they were admitting uh, students, not just based on their, on their, on their, you know, academic achievements, but on their, on their ethnicity. So you were taking, you know, some of the, the highest, uh, scoring black students who weren't above the may, may not have necessarily been above average. Most of them were probably below the average, and putting them into a school which had you know academic studies and demands above average, and they were they were dropping out within the first year. And, and, and the thing is, like, you could take these kids, you can put them in another another school, and they would have graduated, right? Like, like they wouldn't. Maybe they wouldn't have been the the rocket scientist, but maybe they could have been, uh, you know, an aeronautical engineer of sorts, 
that could still have done something with their lives. And now you turned them into a, a dropout because you put them in, into a place where, where they couldn't succeed. And uh, he was he was going on to say, like, the only person that really benefits from this whole cycle was the university itself, because now you just you just took tuition from a bunch of kids you didn't intend to keep anyways. So it's it's nuts. But so like when you look racist at this action you know, was taken by the university. By the actual well, yeah. It did not, this in a but, very but cynical way to get money from kids that yeah. they didn't intend to deliver their service, which is the knowledge and the yeah. to in the first There's, place. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, yeah. and again, it comes from this need, you know, this mandate of of diversity, where you, you, you know, you're not in that, you're not taking the the person that is best fit there anymore. Now you're just trying to make it a, a you know, slur of of, of color, so to speak, uh, and, and hoping for the best. And this, you know, this is is not this does not work. You know, it used to be the best man for the job and okay i get it man is very uh to to the feminazis oh it's very sexist but look at the end of the day whether it's the best man or the best person what's the difference but the 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 qualifications of best cannot be based uh, on these you know social ideals like i'm not saying that you know a black man can't go to you know berkeley and succeed i'm saying you know that they should take the the best, regardless of what their colors are. Right, forcing them to you know take people in just because they're black is not doing them any good. Well, you know, you, you, we're not going to get the the results we need. Well, here's one thing that I want all our listeners to know: Thomas Sowell happens to be black. He's the smartest uh, thinker in America. He's probably America's greatest living philosopher. Doctor Thomas Sowell of the Hoover Institution. And yeah. Stanford University, and he has been speaking about issues of class, race, economics, and success. He has his PhD in economics, and he is widely considered by his peers as the smartest um, philosopher in the world today. Yeah. So a black man is the world's smartest philosopher. And he's, so, a, he's a Republican. He's he's a Republican. He's 91 years old, 92 years old right now at this stage. He has been having conversations in the public arena since his late 20s when he got his Ph.D. originally. And yeah. when Thomas Sowell speaks, you'd be very wise to listen. You may disagree with what he has to say. You may not agree with his conclusions, and that's fine. But... You're a fool if you don't listen to what he has to say and, and learn from how he constructs a proposition, an argument. And he, here's the deal. The United States has massive amounts of baggage when it comes to race relations, massive amount of baggage. So the, the nation was started as a nation in freedom, but its original sin was slavery. They they, they allowed slavery, and, and they allowed slavery of blacks by whites. And a civil war was fought that freed the slaves. But the chasm between blacks and whites in the United States lasted for at least another 120 years. It is only in the yeah, last 30 or 40 years that that has started to disappear. 
And the amazing thing was, it was up until the time that Obama ran and got elected president that everyone was starting to feel like, hey, we put all this crap behind us. We're looking at people as people. But as soon as Obama got elected, he very cynically started to use race to divide people again and to win power. Wanted to slice and dice the electorate in such a way that would allow him to stay in charge and win. And that's what he did. And he was successful in using that strategy in order to be reelected. And it, it's been a strategy that has been used by the left. And Obama is definitely a man of the left to successfully turn people against each other. And what we are saying today is logical thinking versus feeling-based thinking Yeah, is not just about, you know, whether you think the right thing is being done if a certain number of Asian kids or white kids go to a university versus a certain number of Hispanic kids and, 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 and black kids. Makes no difference. It makes no difference. What we're saying is that you can't base your decision-making on your feelings. Your feelings yes. have nothing to do with anything. Nothing no. to do with anything. What matters straightforward is what matters is hey what does logic dictate in this situation so yeah let's use me as an example in a couple of things i'm dealing with so one is with you i run sovereign man mm -hmm. sovereign man last year went on a growth tear we brought on a quite a few new men yeah and some of these men really love what we're all about and they they're all in they want to do the work and some of these men frankly didn't it just the idea of it was touchy-feely and good yep and for the longest time i was thinking oh, man i'd feel bad if we lost numbers no we got to keep the numbers up it wasn't a logical decision it was a feeling-based decision because I want to feel bad. I felt numbers down, man, I was going to feel bad. And then the logical part of me, aided by you and a couple other men, realized that actually we're going to shrink if we tolerate a subpar product in the group. So if, if yeah. membership in Sovereign Man is a product, and, and I would argue it is, if we're tolerating men behaving in non-masculine ways, i.e. not showing up, not adhering to the standards, then the men that want to be part of a masculine group that upholds high standards, these fucking men are going to be disgusted over time and quit. And so our numbers are going to shrink anyways. And I thought, we're okay, so. We're, we're so, so fast. We'll lose the, the actual men doing the work yeah, and, because we want to keep the men that are, that are not, not doing the work, which makes, makes no sense. Right. No sense. Uh, that's, that's like, um, that's like a, a, a business that is, you know, holding on to lost leaders just right. for the sake, cause they want product to sell out to, to clients. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't always make sense. That the logical bit. decision was, Cut the weight, cut the dead weight. Definitely. 
So what did we do this week? We started on that process. We immediately we cut out two folks. We cut the fat. And we are on our way to cutting out some more. There are at least two more folks that we're going to get rid of. And when that, when those first two men left, I felt lighter. So actually my feelings were impacted. <laughs> Ironically, by not making a decision based on my feelings, my feelings were impacted in a positive manner. I felt lighter. And I also felt the group felt lighter. The group was like, oh, fuck, these men are serious. They're adhering to the fucking standards. And there, there was a little bit of, oh, what's going on? What's going on? But then there was like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, we're a high standards group. And that is the self-identity that we want these men to have because that's what's going to make them excited about bringing other men to the table to go, this is a group of fucking high-level men, high-level fucking men. And that's yeah, what yeah. we're doing. You know, so from my that's point it, of view, this was amazing. This was fantastic. This was great. This was super yeah. great. Super great. I think it's a good a good time to do it too, because we're what two days ahead of spring solstice, right? We're, we're, we're switching to spring here in a couple of days. Yeah, yeah tomorrow it's a good time to shed the winter weight. Tomorrow, tomorrow actually. Or is, it, yeah, what, tomorrow. or is it Tuesday? Tuesday officially the first day of spring, but solstice is tomorrow evening. Um, yeah, right on. So um, what happened was I also started to realize in my business, like I've had, I've been tolerating people that have paid us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just because feelings again, well, you know, maybe I can make it work. I want everybody to be happy. Fuck it. On Tuesday, I've made an appointment with a pair of fucking legal who sues people in small claims court. I'm going to go see her. Uh, on, a, on Monday, I'm talking to a collections agent. I'm going to make a decision between which one of these folks I'm going to do this with. Boom. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Look, man, you've got nothing, nothing to lose. Absolutely nothing to lose. Everything. Right? Everything. The, the, but, but you, I guess that's not true either. Right. Because, uh, you know, in, in Canada, the statute of limitations is if you haven't tried to collect something in two years, then you can't go after it after that. No, right. You you two can't. years is the statute of limitations. So, by sitting there and doing nothing, you will lose. Right? Which happened By because there's some folks in the past that could have gone after and I didn't. So fuck it yeah. on on Monday, Tuesday. We're on it. We're fucking on it. We're making this shit happen. That feels good. And yeah, you know, I also am looking at bringing in new business because we need to bring in some new business, right? And what I've been going about this in a very feeling based way. And I've been thinking about this logically in the last little while. Well, what do I need to do? Well, first of all, I need I need to sit down and have like a daily plan of action about what I'm going to do to get new business. I have to sit down and create a strategy around the, the, the things we're going to do to bring in new business. And then I need a daily plan of action. And once this daily plan of action is created and implemented, then the new business will come in. Because what I've been doing is I've kind of just been going along with whatever is going on in my calendar. You know, okay, I've set up some podcast yeah, appointments. Yeah. I've sent this. No, I need a fucking plan and I got to rock forward with working that plan. That's the only way. There is no other yeah. way.
I've been uh, I've been a big fan of of you know data and collecting data in my business since I think the first or second year, yeah. and that's one one of the things I've learned you know being in in business is to collect and analyze data. Now sometimes I'm not a fan of analyzing data, but data brings out the truths, right? Like we've had clients where we were losing money. You know, and if I did not collect data, I wouldn't have known, right? Because at the end of the at the end of the day, I look at the bank account. Okay, there's money there. We keep moving forward, but that doesn't show you know where where the 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 the, the money sucks are, and by cutting those those clients out or increasing their rates, you know, we were we were able to become more profitable. You know, I I, I forget who it was. Uh, but but I heard a stat around you know uh, businesses like mine where we're in the landscape industry that something like less than one percent of them are actually turning profit, you know. And it's funny because uh, there's a there's a gentleman in a, in our group as well, right? So we he had uh, he he is taking a a two month leave because he's going to go to a landmark course because he's uh, his franchiser, the man that he's he's paying a, a licensing franchise fee to is a big proponent of landmark it changed his life and he you know this this young younger gentleman you know follows follows this, this other one like a puppy so we were talking for about half an hour and we were talking about about you know his business and then i simply asked him the question like you know how do you calculate your profit or or your wages um and, and his thing was whatever profit the company would make was what would pay his, his wages and I'm like, hold on a second. I'm like, you're telling me now that you are you've, you're managing employees, you're managing all this other stuff, you know, materials, jobs, all this other stuff, and you haven't been calculating calculating into there your salary. So you're taking your your company profits where your company's supposed to make money, and you're you're dissolving that into whatever's left over to your your wages. And now you have no set wage. So if your company loses money, you lose money. And he's like, you know what? He goes, Rob, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? Right? You and your company aren't the same entity. And if you run that way, like you're, you're always going to be selling yourself short because you'll never have the money to reinvest into your company unless you take it from your personal wages. Like it, it, it makes no sense. And this is something I've learned, you know, within a couple of years of being in business myself, um, you know, and that's, you know, that's like one of the, one of the major benefits of being in a group like ours, you know, um, I, I've never, my, me, myself, I've never been a part of a mastermind, but uh, like, I, I don't know of another group where you have access to individuals and, you know, different types of, uh, of businesses, whether they're, they're like brokerage style, you know, positions, businesses they own, uh, where, where, you know, you, you can learn from off, off these experiences, have these conversations, um, and then, and then still have, be, you know, be able to have a conversation about your personal life, you know, where, where are you going? You know, uh, I, I was speaking with my nephew last night and I asked him, you know, this kid's 10, 11 years old. I'm like, what do you want to be when you grow up? He doesn't know. I'm like, how do you not know? And then my wife chimed in because she's obviously defending the kid because that's what women do. But she's like, how is he supposed to know? And I'm like, for, for, for as long as I remember, I always had 
you know, uh, a will and a want to be something. You know, my parents noticed in me when I was two or three years old that I had a fascination with planes. And I remember growing up with pictures of airplanes up on my wall as a kid. And it's like, I don't remember how they got there, but they've always been there. And then, I, you know, I asked my parents at a, at a later age, I don't know, I must have been close to my 20s by that time. Uh, and I asked my mother, like, where did these pictures come from? And she said it, like, we noticed that you as a child were fascinated by them. So we put the pictures up, you know, and I, some of the greatest times I spent with my father were going to watch the air show downtown. You know, like, like I, I, I love the idea of flight. I love airplanes. I like going fast, like doing crazy shit. It's not what I do today, right? But it doesn't mean that I didn't, you know, I didn't have like a, like a vision of where I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. When I got into high school, I thought I wanted to be in computers. I tried it out for a while. No, not for me. Not for me. I, I also cut grass as a kid. You know, I, I, I knew as a kid, it's like, you know, I don't know, man, back then things were different. So it's like, if I wanted to rent a game from the store, my mother would be like, yeah, no, it's not happening. We don't have to do spare cash for that right now. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start cutting grass for neighbors. And I did. I had two or three neighbors. I was making uh, 30 bucks a week, uh, you know, cash when I was like 11 years old, 12 years old. That's smart. You know, like, you know, none of my friends were doing that shit. I was doing that. I always had a side hustle. My always, son. always, always had a side hustle. So, yeah, it's like men need I think that motivation is bullshit. I think that's a big problem. You know, I, everyone's out there waiting for motivation. You know, motivation is bullshit. If you're going to wait for motivation, you're, like, you're just going to get left gonna to the shit. side of the road. You're, yeah. you're never going to do shit. You're never going to do shit. Now, this has been a very good conversation. And I'm listening to it for my sons. I've got a 15-year-old and 17-year-old. 17-year-olds just started working weekends at a friend of mine's restaurant. The 15-year-old in the summer is going to work at the same friend's restaurant full-time. I, I'm excited for both these boys. I think it's going to do something pretty fucking awesome for them. And I'm also excited that um, they're going to learn how to think forward and decide what they want to do with their life. And I think this is a good, yeah. I think this is a good thing. You know, Patrick Bet David of Valuetainment makes an argument that today university doesn't make any sense for kids. Takes a lot of money from them and doesn't really deliver for them. And I believe that's a logical decision that many people would arrive at if they looked at what is in it for you to go to university. Why should you go to university? And it's my belief that over the years, we've been fed this lie. Oh, you go to university, you're going to be able to get a job. You're going to be able to do this. Well, is that necessarily even true anymore? Yeah, unless, not yeah. unless you're going to go get a job in a very specialized field for which specialized education is required. Like you want to be a doctor. Yeah, you want to be an engineer. You know what I mean? You want to learn computer mm -hmm. science. You need to get degrees yeah. in computer science. Absolutely. Things like that. Yes. Thousand percent. The humanities today have become completely woke. They're useless for most kids, right? And 
stupid. If you're taking an economics course, honestly, you're better off taking that economics course online on YouTube with someone like Thomas Sowell than at the average woke university. So I'm, and I say this as a man who has a master's degree from an Ivy league school, you know, yeah. you know, I think I, I, I'm was, telling my kid, my sons today, I don't know that you need to go to university. I think you need to go to the university of life. You need to decide what you want to do and let's help you figure yeah. that out. And then maybe university makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. No, you know what? Okay. So let's, let's put something in, in, in into the clear though. You know, schools, especially higher education, when it comes to college and university, they are designed to make uh, very limited thinking individuals, right? So, like, if you if you're an individual who who requires outside motivation, school's good for you to a point, right? Because uh, like that that's what it's good. It's good for people that want to punch a clock. Nine, eight, nine to five, Monday through Friday, and play video games the rest of their lives. If that's all you want to be, school is good for you. Because if you look at all the richest people in the world, you know, most of us didn't fucking finish school. I went to college. I never finished. I left right before the big tech crash, and, and rightfully so, because I could make more money working at Home Depot retail than I could at, at, at entry level tech. Um, so I left. Um, but schools, used to sell their students on the fact about getting the good jobs. They don't do that anymore now. Now they're selling to students on the college experience. Fuck me. Whoa, hold on a second. College experience? Fuck that. The college experience. So what? Now now you're going to go there to skip class, drink in parties, get drunk, get you know, do whatever drugs they're doing, you know, have a lot of, I don't know, probably have, have, have sat, a lot of sex. Like, like this is this is not by you know any you know stretch of the imagination and just look at like Hollywood with you know a bunch of the the movies that are out like about kids going to school like or, or or some of the YouTube videos that pop up with these kids in school and the shit that they're doing most of them are not there to get a good job they're there for the experience you know and they're they're sold on the experience or you know, the, the value of having, you know, being able to achieve something academically. But it's like, dude, it's like, what do you do? You know, like, what do you what do you do? Like, you, you know, uh, there's some people I know that have degrees. Like, I think uh, my sponsor's got a degree in philosophy. He's he does nothing with that professionally. Like, yeah, he's a good thinker and all. And, and he can be when when he's put in that space. But he like it does nothing for a professional, no. uh, and I I've, I've talked to many people with degrees like that that don't do anything related to what their study is. So like, what's the point of going to school? Listen, what's I have a bachelor point? of commerce from the University of Toronto. Okay, uh, I study economics, business, political science. I have a master's degree from Georgetown University in Washington D.C., one of the top universities in the fucking world, and I graduated magna cum laude. Fucking means I got really good marks, basically. 385 out of 4.0 GPA, okay? That's fucking high level. And it was great. I learned a lot. I didn't use any of it for what I'm doing professionally. Not one fucking bit. The shit that I do professionally, yeah. all that stuff that I needed, I learned in high school. Yeah. Mathematics, yeah, yeah, yeah. English, 
you know, in university, I became a better writer. So university did give me that. And I do write. So I got to say that. Yeah, that you got a good skill out of it. Yeah. I got a good skill out of it from that point of view. But everything else, no. No. And I'm I'm a, from an educated family. My brother has a PhD. My other brother has a master's degree as well. My father has a master's, uh, had a master's degree. My mother, master's degree. We're educated people. Educated people. I'm just... I believe education is important. I don't believe university education today is important. It's necessary. Not at all. Not at all. I think you need programs with people like Patrick, Bet David, like us, to teach people how to do this shit. You know, uh, pa- uh, Patrick had uh, he had uh, on his podcast uh, an interview with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, and he asked he asked Neil. He's like. What, you know, if you were in charge of the education system, you know, what would you what would you do to to change it, upgrade it, make it better? And, you know, Neil says, like, you know, you would take away the the emphasis on, on marking kids right or wrong and figuring out a way where where he can, you know, grade and evaluate them on their path to, you know, lifelong learning. And, and you know. I look at myself, I look at you, I look at the men in, in Sovereign Man and the, and, and the other men's team that I'm on, and we're all about continuing our learning beyond school. I'm learning new stuff all the fucking time. Fucking you know, time. L- last year was the, f- I read more books last year because of our circle than I probably have in my whole academic career, right? And I did it willingly, not because... You know, someone told me to. God, I could. Some of the books my teachers in high school wanted me to read were so fucking boring. Boring. And I had zero interest in them. Yeah. And then I had to report on this, and they graded me on this shit, and they thought I was dumber than I am. But lo and behold, I probably make fucking 10 times the money they do. So, like, who's who's really the fucking dumb one now? Right. Anyways, uh, but, you know, that being besides the point, like, he, he made a whole lot of sense. And, but school schools right now they're not about that they're they are they are a a very socialist agenda because they're here to create you know the monkeys at typewriters they're just looking to make the better the better monkey at the typewriter and yep. not the free thinker right and and that's that's not what it you know that's not what's going to make us great you know what made what made the west great was not just the ability of you know having that dream but having that opportunity to, to, you know, try it out, uh, you know, and you know me, like I always said, like, uh, I don't, I don't really look at myself as a full conservative. I, you know, I do have some social values and I, to me, if, if I was the man in charge of our country today, I would take our higher education out of the public hand or the private hands because they are private enterprises. They are a four, profit uh service provider whether you like it or not that's what they do they sell courses to kids for profit for profit i would take that out of that realm i would make it a public public only education system where the needs of the country is what these schools are are set to 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 supply you know and if we require more people with free thought that's what we fund we need engineers that's what we fund. The experience is gone because the college experience is bullshit. That's not real life. That's not what we do. Yeah, it's not. You know? it's and, not. It's complete and, bullshit. And, 
And I would take, you know, things would be very standardized and, and database set. You know, if, a, if, if we need a hundred engineers and the fail rates 30% and then I would take the, you know, start the entry level programs with I don't know, 300 students, whatever. And every year, just at the dead weight, you didn't pass the cut. We don't need you get lost. Right. Better luck next time or try again, whatever, you know, and just. Well, just while you're talking through. about all this, here's what can't comes to mind for me. Inside Sovereign Man, going forward, what we are going to do is we're going to create a um, we're going to create a curriculum for the free thinking Sovereign Man. Because that's what a sovereign man is, someone who's sovereign. Yeah. And well, so that's part of the sovereignty, right? That's it's part a, of a sovereignty. sovereignty. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to we're going to actually come up with a classical educational type curriculum for men. Number one is we're going to say every man should be able to think for himself. So within the work that we do, we're going to have a philosophy path, right? And there's going to be books in our program that are based on the philosophy path. So we're going to have Stefan Arnio is a philosopher. And Thomas Sowell is a philosopher. He's written a lot of great books. So we're going to bring in books by folks like Stefan Arnio, Thomas Sowell, Friedrich Hayek, The Road to Serfdom, Milton Friedman, Capitalism and Freedom, you know, Ayn Rand, her magisterial books, all these types of philosophically aligned books. Secondly, um, a sovereign man has got to have a, a health track for his curriculum. So there's got to be a plan and a program for every man to up his health. So there's going to be books in there to be sure. And by the way, these philosophy books, men are going to have to read them and discuss them and do presentations like we've been saying, but also have, have philosophical discussions. We're going to have a fucking philosophy salon, just like Socrates used to do yeah. in Greece. Health. Every man's going to have a health track. What I'm going to do once a fucking week is I'm going to invite men to come and join me for some physical activity if they want. And on the health track, we're going to have books. We're going to have programs. We're going to bring in um, opportunities for, for men to be able to hire um, health experts, you know, to help them with nutrition, with exercise, mental health, all of that stuff. So that's all going to be part of what we're going to put in the health track. Yeah. Thirdly, there's going to be the money track. Sovereign man makes money. So we want every man inside the sovereign man world to fucking be able to double, triple, quadruple, fivefold, tenfold his income. And there's going to be a track of books around that. There's also going to be a track of recommended programs and things like that for men to be able to do that. And we're going to have a making money fucking track uh, of, of having conversations around, you know, getting paid, making money, all that good stuff. Thirdly, we're going to have a um, a track, a relationship track. We're going to have books on relationship. We're going to have experts on relationship be available. We're going to have conversations brought forward on relationship as well for men. Right, So that's four tracks right there. And then fifthly, we're going to have a man skills track. Like you as a man fucking got to be able to use your hands and physically do shit. So maybe there'll be some books. Maybe there'll be some conversations you can have with these men around what what that all of that ought to be. But men should be fucking learning how to use their hands to to do things, to repair shit around the house, to build shit. Yeah. 
you know, to but it's not just about using your work. hands, like to do all that stuff, it's hands and mind, like it all, it all has to work together to oh, get understood. To but you gotta have right? that yeah. skill, right? You gotta have that skill. And then, sixthly, there's gotta be a fucking fight track, like we gotta show men, show them how to be able to fucking defend themselves if worse comes to worse. So, there's gonna be books around that. We're gonna bring experts to talk about this shit, you know. And to me, these are like six elements right away that we've got in Sovereign Man of things that we want to bring forward and teach men to do. But if men are not fucking doing this shit, they can't really be sovereign. And the final, the the glue that holds all this together is to be a man, you got to give your word and keep your word and not take it back. That's part of the philosophy aspect. So we got a fucking testament on this, on test ourselves on this. Where have you given your word yeah. that you're not keeping it? And where have you given your word that you are keeping it? So we're going to fucking have a track for a man to be able to actually measure his progress as a man in that regard. We do all this for men. We're going to fucking build a bunch of Navy SEAL level men and how they show up as masculine men. Like Navy SEAL fucking level. These motherfuckers understand philosophy. They understand why things are the way they are. They understand how they want to live their life. They understand how to fucking get healthy and stay healthy. They understand how to make money and make more money. They understand how to fucking have their relationships work. They understand how to fucking do man shit. This is all, I believe, super important shit that men need to do. And we've got to get a little tighter in how we offer all this to men. And when a man signs up for sovereign man going forward, if he commits to being a part of like, you know, a higher track, we should have like a higher track available at some point in there where they can pay a little bit more money. We're going to give him a fucking package where he enters like, you you know, like, you know how they have orders. So there's a friend of mine, Ernest Emerson, inside of Emerson Knives, you can join the order of the Black Shamrock. Right. If you join that order, you pay a fee, you get a knife, you get a T-shirt with the order of the black shamrock on it. You 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 get to do special events with these men that you otherwise wouldn't be able to do. And I think inside, you know, a friend of mine runs order of man. But we could have inside a sovereign man. You know. The the order of the sovereign man, you know, or yeah. some shit like that, where. Where men, it's a it it's membership based and and it's it's for men who want to fucking get to the next level as a man, better, stronger, faster. Yeah, that's sort of thing. Anyways, yeah, uh, I think we already got the the beginnings of that already with the Jesus. with the live team that meets live, right? We have that uh, that uh, the live meeting that does that that's every every two weeks opposite our our online meetings. And for the men that are local, they're more than more than welcome to, to join, right? But they have exactly. we have standards that they have to commit to, or they're gone. Um, and we and gotta we, we gotta develop we're, we're this though into some, like some bigger shit event. that they can do. You know what I mean? We can't just say yep. it and throw it out there. There's got to be like we built a curriculum and lessons. We need to do the same with this. Build it. Build this into. Yep. So we got to spend some time, you and I, fleshing this out and making a bit of a university fucking curriculum. Year one, year two, year three, year four for men to fucking take them to another level. Anyway, right I think right. to, to come back to our original, our original part of the discussions to looking 
looking at things logically versus versus uh, with feelings and emotions. And, Emotion. You know, men, men like for the men that are listening and, and, and even for women, if they're following, you know, it, you know, in, in a relationship uh, of two, someone needs to be logical to allow the other one to be, you know, emotionally based decisions. You know, traditionally, it's been women with the emotional based decisions. Most women that I know would prefer to make their decisions that way. Uh, and it's harder to be the logical person because you have to sometimes combat your emotional feelings to make a logical decision. And it's it's harder, much harder. Uh, and, and women tend to prefer to make the emotional decisions because it, it suited them through history to be able to make those decisions to survive. You know, and then, and, you know, I think it was uh, there's a news article that came out just pretty recently that said that, you know, women are able to move on from relationships a lot faster than men are because men are not suited to make you know these emotional transactions decisions move on that's not what we're here for we're a lot we're logical creatures you know we need to go out and we need to 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 do something achieve a purpose and you can't do that without looking at something logically right you know we, we always use the analogy of uh, an air uh, an aircraft on autopilot where it's constantly making adjustments well if it wasn't measuring where it was you have no fucking clue of where you need to be right and you can only do that with data you can't do that with feelings because feelings don't always tell you the full picture you know and that that whole thing with uh with the, the feelings the story of never Thomasol, never never the picture not don't always no, no, no. picture no i don't feel like going to the gym today well that's not gonna fucking that's serve me now is it i didn't fucking feel like getting up today and doing my my, my 60 minute walk <laughs> i felt like like not doing it at all i didn't feel like I, getting up and doing this podcast interview with you i wanted to fucking sleep in and eat bonbons but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's just nope. the way it is. Now, this yeah. has been a very good episode, Arp, and I think that men are going to benefit from this. If you enjoyed this, give us a like, give us a rating, give us a review, share it with the man who needs to hear the fucking yeah. message. Yeah, if you like what you hear, come check us out. Uh, check think, us uh, out. On, on the website, uh, was it sovereignmen.ca, right? Yeah, yeah, come check us yeah. out. And Come and, check us out. And here's what you need to do with this episode. You need to sit down, you need to take some notes. And you need to ask yourself, do I want to be a more masculine man in my life? Do I want to improve uh, in my income? Do I want to improve my health? Do I want to improve my relationships? The answer to all those questions is yes. Then you owe it to yourself to start to build a curriculum for yourself. And if you know you would rather just be a part of a curriculum that's been put together by some smart masculine men already, then come check out Sovereign Man. Until next yeah, time, Marvin. Catch you on the flip side. See you later, brother. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.